Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Colts fans? Welcome back to the Believe in Indianapolis Colts podcast. I'm your host, Jake Arthur, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Never miss an episode of the show by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd love it if you'd also give us a five-star rating on iTunes if you're enjoying the show, and please review as well. These listens and downloads do not match how many ratings and reviews we've received, so... Let that be a challenge issue to you guys from me. I'm on to you. Thank you for joining me, everyone. On today's show, we talk all about the Colts and the 7-2 and two Packers. Personally, I love Aaron Rodgers, and I don't want to be too dramatic, but for my sake, he deserves to lose by 100 points due to his participation with any and all Jake from State Farm commercials. Aside from that, I'll also play for you guys a fun conversation I had with Tom Grossi of PatCast breaking down this week's matchup. This week's game is another biggie for the Colts. After overtaking the lead in the AFC South last week, they now have the opportunity to beat one of the NFL's best teams before they face the Tennessee Titans yet again. Ideally, the Colts would win this one and Tennessee would lose to Baltimore this week so that the Colts really have the opportunity to put some distance between them and the Titans in the, NF- in the AFC South race next week when they play again. Before moving forward, let's hear from our sponsor. The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. This Colts and Packers game, uh, the Colts are currently one-point favorites as of Thursday night with an over-under of 51 points. As you'll see later, there are a couple of things I want to see before I pick a winner, but I am very into taking the over on points. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Some background information on this game for you. It's on Sunday, November 22nd at Lucas Oil Stadium here in Indianapolis. It's on Fox again this week, and it's America's Game of the Week. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Aaron Andrews again will have the call just like they did in the Colts' last game. On the radio locally, it's on WFNI and WLHK with Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi, Lara Overton, and Bill Brooks on the call. It's also on ESPN Radio with Mark Kessischer and Barrett Jones. All time, the Colts are 22-20-1 against the Packers, including 0-1 in the playoffs. The Colts have won three of the last four matchups, 
dating back to 2004, including the last matchup, which was a 31-26 win uh, for the Colts at Lambeau Field in 2016. Stat leaders for the Packers, uh, passing, of course, is Aaron Rodgers. He has 2,578 yards. Rushing is Aaron Jones with 493 yards. Receiving is the incomparable Devontae Adams with 741 yards. Adams also leads them in touchdowns with nine. Tackles is Chris Barnes with 50. Uh, Zadarius Smith leads them in sacks with eight. He's actually tied for third in the NFL. Uh, interceptions, Jair Alexander, Adrian Amos, Raven Green, and Chandon Sullivan all have one. Uh, some of the key team statistical categories for the Packers. Offensively, they are second in turnovers, which is five. They're third in scoring at 30.8 points per game and sacks allowed with 11. Uh, they're fourth in passing yards per attempt with 8.2 and third down conversions at 48.2%. Uh, they're also 5th in red zone scoring at 73.5%, and 6th overall offensively at 395.8 yards per game, and passing uh, 274.3 yards per game. Defensively, they are 4th on 4th downs at 36.4%, 9th overall defensively at 335.9 yards per game, uh, they rank low, uh, 26th in passing yards per attempt allowed at 7.6, and uh, they're tied for 30th in takeaways with just 7. So overall, this team takes care of the ball. Uh, they score when they have their opportunities. They don't give up sacks. They don't, you know, they, they don't make big mistakes. They convert on the money downs, which is third down in red zone. Uh, but defensively, they're middle of the pack at best, so to speak. Uh, for the Colts, Phillip Rivers needs just one game with a passer rating of at least 100 to tie Packers legend Brett Favre for the fourth most such games in NFL history at 108. Rivers also needs one 400-plus passing yard game to tie Ben Roethlisberger for the fourth most such games in NFL history at 12. Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton needs to score his first touchdown of the season uh, to pass Dallas Clark for the 11th most touchdowns in Colts franchise history. And Colts running back Naheem Hines needs to f needs five receptions to pass Reggie Wayne for the 7th most receptions by a Colts player in their first three seasons. Uh, Wayne had 144. Some of the storylines in this game, we start with injuries as usual. No Colts have missed the entire week of practice yet to this point. Uh, but tight end Jack Doyle, who had a concussion, did return in full on Thursday. Cornerback Kenny Moore with a hip injury. He got in a limited session Thursday. Uh, safety Kahari Willis, also with his own hip injury, was a full participant Thursday. And this next part, this is just me connecting dots and was not said by anyone outwardly in the organization um, as, of, as of me speaking about this. Uh, but Danico Autry missed Thursday's, uh, Thursday's practice with an illness. And also defensive linemen Tyquan Lewis, Alkadine Muhammad, and Grover Stewart were all out for non-injury reasons. Uh, to me, that sounds like they were just being cautious, making sure Autry didn't have anything more serious. And then the other three linemen likely were held out because they'd been in close contact with Autry. Again, I could be totally wrong, but that just makes sense to me. Speaking of Colts defensive linemen, is this the week Kamoko Toure comes back? Uh, he was activated off of Pup this week after a grueling, years-long recovery from a nasty ankle injury that he suffered last year. 
Uh, the Colts could really use even more pass rush help this year, especially some speed off the edge. And perhaps Ture could hit his stride by year's end. Uh, I really don't think he's going to hit the field and then just be lightning right, right away. Like there's physical and mental hurdles to overcome. So hopefully by the end of this season, he's really uh, coming along. But also hopefully he, he comes back this week. We'll see. As for Packers injuries, they've got some big ones. Uh, Devontae Adams, he was a limited participant Wednesday and then was out of Thursday's practice with an ankle injury. Starting cornerback Jair Alexander, defensive lineman Montrevious Adams, safety Will Redmond, punter J.K. Scott, and tight end Robert Tunyon have all missed some practice time this week. And wide receiver Alan Lazard was activated recently from injured reserve. Uh, he had a core injury. And he's been a limited participant in practice throughout the week. Uh, Colts roster moves this week, along with activating Ture off of the pup list. They waived defensive tackle Sheldon Day, and they signed running back Paul Perkins to the practice squad. Some of the uh, matchups I'm looking forward to in this game, Colts guard Quentin Nelson versus Packers defensive lineman Kenny Clark. Uh, that's a battle of two of the best at their positions in the league. Colts offensive tackles Anthony Costanzo and Braden Smith up against uh, Packers edge defenders Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. There's a lot of Smith action going on there. Uh, but no, the, the Packers have one of the better edge defender duos in the league, and so that's going to be a tall task for the Colts tackles. Uh, also want to see Colts defensive tackle DeForest Buckner up against Packers center Corey Lindsley. Uh, Lindsley is one of the better centers in the league, so that'll be a good one. And Colts safety Julian Blackman against Packers wide receivers Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, but for two different reasons. So for one, Adams requires more attention than the normal receiver. So whether the Colts want to you know, roll over some safety help and, and bracket Adams to kind of keep him in check, I think some of that will fall on Julian Blackman. But uh, also as for Marquez Valdez-Scantling, He's, he's a big play guy. He's a deep threat. Just in the last two weeks, he has three touchdowns. Uh, he's had catches of 22 yards, 31 yards, and he has touchdowns of 52 yards and 78 yards. So obviously he's someone you have to pay attention to downfield. So Julian Blackman, I think his diagnosis of the deep ball and his range and speed, I think they'll be, they'll be big factors in that one. For the Colts offensively, I think it'd be wise to try and get back to the basics in this one. Establish the run and then let that open up some big play opportunities with play action. This Packers defense has given up some big performances to running backs, so we know that it can be done. Uh, I would feature a heavy dose of both Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, both as runners and pass catchers. After that, let Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, and Zach Paschal just eat off of the play action. Green Bay struggles to take the ball away, so perhaps Phillip Rivers can take some more risks downfield in this one. On the defensive side of the ball, the main thing I look for in this one is Devontae Adams playing, because that changes things drastically for me. Uh, if he is playing, he and Aaron Rodgers have a connection that we're all familiar with, like Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. It's special. Uh, Adams has been absolutely dominant this season, and the ball just gets to him out of, out of nowhere. Defenders don't even know what's coming sometimes. Uh, if he does play, I think the Colts really have got to focus on him. If he doesn't play or if he's really limited, I like the Colts' chances a lot better. 
Running back Aaron Jones is a very good back, both as a runner and receiver, so the Colts are going to have to do their job against him. Uh, but I do have full confidence that they can do it, though, since they're one of the better run defenses in the league, and they really don't give up 100 yards to anyone not named Derrick Henry. Uh, Green Bay gives up very few sacks, and they rarely turn the ball over, so the Colts absolutely must play disciplined and do their jobs. Sloppy football will get them absolutely killed in this one. Now for the fantasy portion of the show, some maintenance on allcolts.com has kept the weekly fantasy preview from coming out quite yet, uh, but it will be at some point soon, hopefully today, uh, Friday. In it, I pointed out Naheem Hines and Michael Pittman Jr. specifically as the Colts you might want to start. As for Hines, he's coming off a career day last week after putting up 115 yards from scrimmage and a pair of touchdowns. I also wrote, if you might have checked it out, that you know he's been the ultimate fantasy conundrum. He's very much boomer bust. Uh, however, one thing I do like that I want to point out is his usage has increased uh, both in snaps and percentage of snaps each of the last three games. He's also now tied for the most receiving touchdowns in the NFL among running backs this year. He has four, uh, and he's also the only player in the NFL this year to have multiple games with both a rushing and receiving touchdown. As for Pittman, since coming back from injury these last couple weeks, he's turned it on. Uh, he's leading the Colts with 15 targets the last two games, which has resulted in 11 catches for 157 yards, as well as one run for 21 yards. Uh, he leads the Colts in receiving in that time by 69 yards, uh, and he's also second on the Colts uh, among position players and fantasy points, only behind Naheem Hines in, in those last two games. As for across the NFL landscape, uh, the guys I pointed out as potential booms this week, that Saints quarterback Jameis Winston versus the Falcons, Patriots running back Damian Harris against the Texans, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson against the Cowboys, and the busts, I said Patriots quarterback Cam Newton versus the Texans, Packers running back Aaron Jones versus the Colts, and Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown versus the Ravens. Uh, some of the guys I'm adding this week, uh, again, Jameis Winston, they haven't come out and said that Drew Brees isn't starting, but like for the love of God, that dude's chest got crushed. Like, let's let him sit at least a week. Jameis Winston is a starting caliber quarterback in this league, so just let him take care of it for at least a week or two. Uh, also, Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr., we've already talked about him. Jaguars wide receiver Keelan Cole Sr., Rams running back Malcolm Malcolm Brown, uh, the touchdown vulture, and then Raiders running back Devontae Booker. Uh, he gets overshadowed a lot because of Josh Jacobs, but Booker has really looked good under John Gruden there in, in Oakland. And by Oakland, yes, I mean Las Vegas. Now it's time to get to the questions that you guys asked me on Twitter this week. Uh, first up is good friend of the show, Felipe Costa. He said, who are the Colts going to find first, the left tackle of the future or the quarterback of the future? Uh, that's pretty fun to have to plan for both of those at once, isn't it? Personally, I think they'll be looking for both together because Sirius Anthony Costanzo and Phillip Rivers are both year-to-year -year guys now. So they, they have to be looking at that at all times. And I'm sure they do have a plan right now. Uh, while we both know that Chris Ballard will never force a pick just because they need that position, I would expect some combination, maybe both, of quarterback and left tackle to be taken in the next draft, uh, maybe early on. 
They won't necessarily be high picks, but they'll at least be developmental guys with high-level starting potential. Uh, I just don't think they want to get caught with their pants down needing that either of those positions. Next up, another friend of the show in Andrew Miller. He said, how does Indy contain Devontae Adams? He's been on a tear lately. Which Indy running back will have the hot hand this week? So two-parter. Uh, if he plays, it looks like Devontae Adams won't be 100% because of that ankle. He has missed playing, or he has missed practice time this week. Uh, now, his strength in his game is his route running and his ability to, to get open and create separation. So cutting on the ankle may not feel great for him, obviously. Uh, however, his chemistry with Rodgers is second to none, so they'll figure it out. If he's out there, he's a threat. Uh, what the Colts can do is roll safety help over over top to bracket Adams in. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Julian Blackman could be key in that area. As for which Colts running back may have the hot hand, I think Naheem Hines is the easy answer. But I really, really, really want to see them get Jonathan Taylor more involved this week, whether it's running, catching, or both. He hasn't had more than 15 carries since week four, and he's got just 13 carries in the last two weeks. If you're not in a big hole and are able to run the ball, get him going. We can all see the power and velocity that he runs with in the open field. Next question is from Casey Hitchcock. Uh, she said, is anyone else just not having fun with Phillip Rivers? I'd say, you know, it's easy to get disenchanted when you see special playmakers like Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Lamar Jackson out there. But the bottom line is the Colts are winning right now. Uh, the offense is kind of living and dying off of Rivers' performances, too. Midway through the season, they're tops in the AFC South and have wins on the road in front of large national audiences in Chicago and Tennessee, so they're probably right where they want to be. Uh, it is what it is for the season, but maybe we'll see what the future may hold at quarterback this offseason. Uh, next up is Pontiac Bandit. Are we going to win? Simple answer. If Devontae Adams plays, I have the Colts losing a close one. If Adams is out or is limited, I think it's a Colts win. And then the last question is from Mario V. Borelli. Is it time to consider Paris Campbell injury prone? Does that mean wide receiver becomes a priority in the draft behind quarterback and left tackle? Uh, I've always kind of fought against that notion of Campbell being injury prone because he wasn't like that at Ohio State. And the injuries that he's had in these two seasons in the NFL, they've all kind of been freak things that have required procedures and they weren't necessarily like soft tissue poles and strains and things like that. Uh, however, you have to look at, at the fact that he's missing more time than he's available. I think wide receiver was already going to be a little bit of a priority considering T.Y. Hilton is a free agent and we're not seeing wide receiver one production out of him. Uh, you can't put too many eggs in the Campbell basket either, obviously, like we said, because he's not always available. So yes, receiver does carry some weight as a priority this offseason. That is it for questions, everybody. Thanks again to you all for reaching out. Now to round us out, here is my appearance on Tom Grassi's PatCast. Grassi Posse Packer Nation! Welcome to another episode of PatCast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tim Grassi, and today we are going to be breaking down the Week 11 America's Game of the Week, I might add, it, because it was just too fantastic for the 1 o'clock slot to hold. You got the Colts versus the Green Bay Packers, and so to help me break it down and preview this matchup, we got a man 
who is now working with the Sports Illustrated. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. He's also working with allcults.com. He is the host of the Believe in Colts podcast, Mr. Jake Arthur. Jake, thanks so much for coming on the show, bud. Man, that was an excellent introduction. I don't, I don't know how much better we can get from there. You want to just like reshoot like a bunch of times? I feel like I didn't have enough energy for that one. So anytime yeah. you want. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> just like, just start going, like rip off my shirt and it just says believe in Colts underneath, you know, like, just like, go, just go balls to the wall. Yeah, I would do it, but no one wants to see that. I'll just, <laughs> I'll stick with my, I met little Sebastian shirt. Oh my God. I, it was cut off. And now that I know that you have that shirt, this is, that's. <laughs> Perfect, that's, huh? That's that's a testament to you and your character, sir. And I already this is already a top five episode in my book because of that shirt. I love it, absolutely. Glad to glad to bring the thunder for you. And you know what? And that just now I'm reminded that they took Parks and Rec off of Netflix, and it makes me sad. Oh, The Office is soon. So listen, it's just becoming a wasteland. But yeah, they're like, you could go to Peacock. I'm like, ain't nobody going to Peacock. Ain't nobody it has going. commercials, from what I hear. Yeah, I'm, I ain't about that. And I ain't paying you to not watch my commercials. That's what I got Netflix for. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I ain't about it. But, Jake, I, I greatly appreciate you coming on. You know, the Packers and Colts, they really don't meet up too often. And uh, anytime I get to, to talk to a Colts fan is, is, always a, is always a good time. And I feel like, you know, in the, in the years it's been since we had our last matchup, a lot has happened for you guys. A lot of... A lot of ups and downs and uh, wanes and ebbs and flows and all that stuff. And, and I kind of want to start and ask the uh, like the, the elephant in the room or no longer in the room. And, and that's about Andrew Luck. Because, you know, it, we're, 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 we're a little bit removed now. I know I'm sorry to dredge up these, these, these painful memories. Um, but I, I look at the Colts now and all I can think is like, oh, so now you got an offensive line. And I'm just thinking like Andrew Luck is sitting at home, just like cursing out the Colts and he might have a voodoo doll. So like, I'm curious just to get from like your standpoint, from a fan, as an analyst, kind of like, what are your thoughts, feelings in when Andrew Luck is announcing his retirement? You know, how did you feel about the organization as a whole? Because I know there's very, very strong feelings from, from that end. Kind of just like walk me through what's going on when Luck is retiring. Yeah, so... um I guess you could say I had the benefit of being in the building that night. Um, And yeah, so in the press box, you know, covering the games live, it's a preseason game, mind you. So it's, I think it was the third quarter. So most of the media had kind of checked out mentally, you know, maybe, maybe hammering away on whatever report they had to do. And then this Adam Schefter tweet comes up and just starts dinging its way throughout the press box to all this (laughs) media that's in here. And everyone's just looking at each other like, what the hell? Like, what? What? And it's I I tapped my uh, my partner at the time on the shoulder and I was like, dude, look at this. And sure enough, it said Andrew Luck is retiring. And then our uh, our PR staff was up uh, kind of above my right shoulder. I felt bad for them because, you know, everyone in an entire room at once wanted to hear from them. Exactly. So um I, it was crazy. I just remember everyone was looking down at him on the field. And then once the game was over, you kind of started to hear booze, which kind of told you that everyone in the entire building knew uh, yeah. at that point, uh, just run, running down to try to go to the the locker room and the, the press conference area after the game, the elevators were kind of jacked up with people trying to get down there. So 
me and a couple other people, you know, kind of sprinted down the stairs from all the way to the top of Lucas Oil to the oh, basement geez. where the locker room uh, is. And yeah, it uh, it was true. He was he was retiring, and it was just totally mind blowing. Um, you know, very Barry Sanders like someone retiring at the at the peak of their game, still a lot of years left. Um, but no, it's I, I totally understand why. I, I think at a certain point, when you're a smart guy who doesn't need football, if if playing football is causing you so many hardships physically and everything then why, why continue to do it? You know, and he was, he's a new father as well. Uh, he had gotten married, so he just really didn't need football anymore. Sure. And uh, me and along with a lot of the other people who, who pay attention to the Colts kind of feel like the real life version of that Wolverine meme where we're laying in bed and looking, <laughs> looking at that, that framed picture and it's Andrew and <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's odd. We got, we got spoiled around here with quarterback play for a really long time. Uh, we had a nice flash of Jim Harbaugh for a couple years. And then of course, Peyton Manning from 98 to 2010, really. And then Andrew Luck from 2012, kind of until 2015 is when the wheels kind of fell off that, but sure. Um, post Andrew life is interesting. Um, it's weird to have to wonder what your quarterback position looks like long-term. Because of course Philip Rivers, that's a year-to-year thing. So, yeah, yeah, um, just kind of been put in the same boat with a lot of other fan bases, wondering what the what the long-term franchise outlook looks like at uh, at quarterback. Yeah, and and I feel like you know, obviously, besides like the shock of it all, you alluded to kind of the the back-to-back, if you will, you know, great QB play and. I might have some experience with that in, in some form, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is usually to the hatred of many of a uh, many NFC North fans, <laughs> but um, you know, yeah, it, it was just it, for me, obviously, you know, not as a Colts fan, but just like to watch that happen and to see the injuries after injuries, like you got it, like you understood it. And I, I was like the, the thing that I pulled away from it at the end, you mentioned the booing, like that stuck around with like a lot of people and was like, eh, like that didn't, that didn't feel good. Like that was, that was, that was a negative, but again, like at the same time, like, you know, I think it's a mix of like shock, hurt, angry, upset, like throw all of those emotions in. And that's what you have on that, you know, third preseason night. Yeah. I just don't think people knew what, how to react. Um, yeah. Cause as far as we knew, you know, th- this was basically classified as a, a calf injury, lower leg injury, really the entire off season L- luck only only participated in a few training camp practices. Um, but nothing was ever really considered to be serious. So everyone just thought, you know, whatever, it, maybe it lingers a week or two into the season and he's back, whatever. But it was never serious enough where people thought that not only would he not play, but that he was going to retire. Um, but God, yeah, that was, I just don't think people knew how to react. It, it was just yeah. shocking. He, he had earned a massive new contract where you thought, you know, he'd, he'd be around forever. Um, he was going to be the quarterback until he was 40 or so years old, but not how that went. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, so now, you know, you bring in during this off season, you bring in Phillip Rivers, right? And, and you, you already alluded to it. Who it's like a year to year basis, 
the I've mentioned this on the show like a million times. The throwing motion still gives me a seizure every single time I see it. Like, like that. Like I imagine there's just like little league coaches that are like, "Don't look at this." Like I know he's a professional, but don't look at this. Um, and listen, like you know, he's he's had like really clean pockets this year. The offensive line obviously has been built up to be one of the best in the league. Um, I'm kind of curious of like your thoughts on when you bring in a guy like Philip Rivers, you know, you obviously still have to worry about long-term future, but you bring in a guy like Philip Rivers, what are you thinking when in terms of like season expectations, you know, you had last year with Brissett, you know, and, and in the beginning of the season, you were able to find some good success. Um, and then you bring in a guy like Philip Rivers, kind of like where are your thoughts in terms of how you thought the team would do this year? Uh, yeah, they're kind of sitting about where we expected, um, you know, just being realistic about it, an older quarterback joining a new team, um, they're obviously probably going to be set in their ways a little bit. So you, you're probably not going to see them climb to like a whole nother level or anything. Uh, but, you know, I, I figured it was going to be stable, reliable quarterback play. Um, Phillip Rivers has seen everything. So you're, you're just probably not going to get those month long lulls where there is no passing game. Um, so I kind of figured, you know, they, they had a pretty good chance of ending the season number one in the AFC South. And that's where they sit right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still, they still got a bunch of division games ahead of them. So we'll see how it goes, but beating the Titans in Tennessee, that was massive. Um, I, I said on, on, I think it was on my show uh, last week, you know, this, this game with the Packers is big, but if they lost it, it really wouldn't have been that big a deal. Cause yeah. they had the Ravens game. Uh, they had Tennessee, they have Tennessee again next week. You know, they, they have Jacksonville and then Houston twice, which no one's really scared of those teams, but they are division games. You know, anything can, can really happen in those. Um, But shoot. Yeah. Now being on top of the AFC South and having a game like this one against the Packers coming up, if they can win again, that, you know, that, that really solidifies things. It's uh, they've found success, not really in a way that we knew was going to come though. Um, we kind of figured they'd have a top five rushing attack because uh, they were, they finished last year, number seven, and then they added Jonathan Taylor. They've had the same offensive line since midway through 2018. Um, that Then that's led the way for several huge rushing performances, but mm-hmm. um, really they've, they've won and lost on the shoulders of Phillip Rivers for the most part. Um, their running game really has not been all, all that to write, all that much to write home about this year. I think they're in the lower half of the league um, on, on average. And uh, yeah, if, if he doesn't have a good game, they really don't have a good game offensively mm-hmm. at all. Uh, the defense has carried everything for the most part, but uh, when, when Phillip has a good game, that's really when they're at their best. Um, so yeah, it's uh, expectations. It, it was a smooth transition. It's, it's nice not to really have to worry about the quarterback position because yeah. he, was, he was going into a system he was already familiar with, with Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni. So if you're going to get a, a new quarterback at that stage in his career, it's good for him to not have to learn a whole new system. So, yeah. um, so far, things have been smooth, not perfect, but smooth. And shoot, if you're, if you're sitting with seven games left and you're at the top of the division, I think that's exactly where you'd want to be. Yeah, not really – not really much better, right? Like at that point, you're just like, you know, there's performances, obviously. I mean, just the Packers are there too, that they would like to have back. But um, 
you know, I think heading into this, I didn't realize how good the defense was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of stuck out. The fact that, and again, I, I do get great joy out of this. The fact that you took Xavier Rhodes away from the Vikings, who Aaron Rodgers torched his entire career. We always joked that the roads were open. It was a beautiful thing. And now you've turned him into like playing like a Pro Bowl caliber uh, player this year. It's just so sweet because anytime we could stick it to the Vikings, I'm all about it. Um, were you expecting kind of like this performance out of the defense? Because I mean, both in your rush defense and also in the pass defense, if I'm not mistaken, you're top five. Um, and it, and it's, it's looked really good. now do you attribute that? Cause trust me, there's plenty of haters out there. Do you, do you think that that attributes to the, the strength of schedule, like the strength of your opponent that you've played thus far? Is it a mix of things? You know, is it just like the schemes are being called personnel's being put in the right position? What, how did you see like this defense evolving? Uh, so yeah, this, this defense is what people hoped for this season. It was like best case scenario. And it turns out that's how it's been. Uh, getting to Forrest Buckner was huge. Uh, now, granted, like you said, their strength of schedule in the first half of the schedule was pretty weak. You had the Jets and uh, the Vikings when they were doing really poorly <laughs> and, uh, team, you know, teams like that. But, you know, they, they've they turned in some pretty quality performances too. Uh, they contain Lamar Jackson for the most part. Um, their coaching staff just really flipped it and played exactly into his strengths in the second half. And the Colts offense could do nothing. So it, it just kind of killed things there. Um, but no, they, they did really well against the Titans. Um, I, I think they're legit. They're like you said, they're top five overall against rushing, passing, scoring. They, they lead the league in defensive and special teams touchdowns. I think they're, they're tied or they're right near the top in interceptions. They're not bad in sacks. So they're, they're legit. Um, they're just getting their best performances from, from several players. Like you said, Xavier Rhodes has resurrected himself in the system. DeForest Buckner is, has been worth every penny they, they paid. Darius Leonard is Darius Leonard. Um, something they, they really benefited from, you know, Malik Hooker was always an inconsistent safety, but he had special playmaking ability that not a lot of guys have. And, you know, he went down with an Achilles injury in week two and a rookie and Julian Blackman came in to replace him. But Blackman has been playing damn near at a a defensive rookie of the year level. Uh, He's really smart, really instinctive. He doesn't really get beat. He he keeps things in front of him. He's not a big guy, but he he plays downhill in the run really well. Also, he had a huge tackle for loss against Derrick Henry last week. Solo tackle. It was beautiful. Uh, but, you know, if, if you lose a player like Malik Hooker, you don't expect his rookie replacement to raise that position to a whole nother level. And, and he really has. Um, so, no, at, at all layers of the defense, they're uh, they're doing really well. They, their secondary was probably what you were going to worry about leading into the season. Uh, but they've kind of maximized things. It's been really odd because they added a guy like TJ Carey who, you know, brought in to be like the, the fourth corner, fourth or fifth cornerback. Mm-hmm. And uh, anytime one of the corners has gone down, he stepped in and he's played really well, which was surprising uh, because one thing a lot of us saw when they signed him was, all right, maybe don't, maybe don't have to rely on him covering on the outside. And he's actually done really, really well there. Nice. Um, so it's the, the Colts are used to having a ton of injuries to significant players but yeah. they've been relatively healthy with those big players and 
a lot of the best case scenarios are kind of working themselves out. So they're really lucky right now to not have their hand forced by injuries or anything like that. So that's it, it, things are going about as well as, as you can, you can hope for on that front. Yeah. And, and I, and I think like to, to your points, you know, you brought up like the Ravens game and them hitting in like heading into Tennessee. Like I picked against the Colts because I was like, Oh, it's a short week. You know, they didn't put up a great performance uh, in the second half against like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, you know, their offense was a bit stagnant and a bit flat. And then they go in and they put in like this dominant rushing performance, which is what terrifies me. But they put in like this, this great rushing performance, you know, and, and they take down the Titans at home. And, you know, I kind of wanted to get your, your take, not necessarily even on like the Colts, but they play into this is that what I've kind of seen from like this year, you know, whatever this year has been this season, like, I feel like this whole like week to week league has like never been more true than it is in 2020. Mm-hmm. Cause like you could have those teams that like are dominant one week. And then like the next week they look like utter and complete trash, you know, against teams that they should be able to beat, or at least they should be more competitive with what have you. So as someone who, you know, is obviously is working with the NFL and is, and is constantly, you know, consuming it, I'm curious of like, do you attribute that to, you know, is it just because it's like COVID? Is it because of just like the nature of what this season is? Um, or is it just, you know, we've gone with football without football for a while and we forgot for some reason that it's a week to week league. Yeah. I don't know. There, there has been a lot of unpredictability. Uh, you would have expected that early in the year because of not yeah. having an off season and no training camp or, or there was training camp, but no like preseason. Sure, sure. Uh, but for it to still be going on mid-season is a little surprising. Uh, I know just from like a Colts perspective, you never know what's going to happen offensively week to week. Uh, and it's not even always just a scheme thing. It's just what they're capable of doing, yeah. even against defenses they should be capable of doing it against. Um, but yeah, there, there's just a lot of surprising things that you see week to week. Um, I guess that is just what this year is. Um, I, I know one thing. I, I read recently was that uh, penalties are down, I guess, or at least like significant 10, 15 yard penalties are down, mm. which opens things up a little bit that keeps drives going and, and things like that. That could be part of it. I know offensively and like scoring, everything was up early in the season. Yeah. Uh, so I just think it's a weird 2020 season. I don't recall things always going this way before. Yeah, maybe like I just like blocked out last year after we lost the NFC Championship game. And I was like, I don't remember what football is. But the like, I mean, you mentioned that you mentioned defenses, too. I feel like there are very few elite great defenses this year because and I'm just obviously talking from like the NFC. Like there aren't any right. You looked at the Buccaneers and I was like, oh, okay, they're a really, really good defense. And then like the Saints literally slap them in the face. Yeah. Like you, you, you see these games and it, and I think it is to your point of like the scoring is up, the drives are up. And I know that you, what you were referring to referees are not calling as many penalties and are like kind of not trying to be like as controversial as possible. And because of that, you know, you get higher scoring games, what have you. It just seems that a lot of defenses are getting either run over or passed on. And I think, you know, when it comes to the Colts, like if you're able to kind of keep the health of that defense, like heading into the postseason, like that gives you a significant advantage, you know, against, you know, some of these other teams who their defenses not are not looking as good. You look at like the Steelers, obviously, like they're sticking out of having a good defense. Um, but other than that, in the AFC of like guys that you're going to contend with, I know the Raiders have kind of like poked around and every now and then they put up a really good, you know, dominant defensive performance. But I think, you know, the whole defense wins championships thing like that just might be the case this year. 
And like, how do you see the Colts stacking up against some of those like elite teams within the AFC, whether it's the Steelers or the Chiefs, or I don't even know if I can call the Ravens elite anymore. You know, how do you see them stacking up with against those teams, the Bills? Um, God, I, I know one team that really scares me is the Chiefs, obviously. Uh, the Colts did beat them last season. Um, they were dominant on the ground. I think they, mm-hmm. I think they ran for nearly 200 yards. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was a bit banged up, had a bum ankle in that game too, but he still did some just goofy Patrick Mahomes things. Yeah. Um, I think the Colts match up pretty well with the Ravens. And I think we saw that again, up until the second half, uh, the Colts offense ran four plays in the third quarter and had one yard. Uh, so their defense just got absolutely gassed. And yeah. then that, that totally relinquished the game in the second half to, to the Ravens, but the defense did look good against them. Uh, the bills are an interesting team. I, uh, God. Yeah. I, I honestly, that, that's exactly how I feel about the bills. I'm like, sometimes you look amazing. Sometimes I know. I, you don't. <laughs> I try to separate literally fantasy football from reality. And I yes. don't, I still don't know if Josh Allen scares me or not. Like, sure. I know he's, he's, he's absolutely capable of killing a team, but like, I've just seen too much of Wyoming Josh Allen and rookie Josh Allen, you know, like maybe I'm still jaded from that, but um, no, I, I think defense can <laughs> carry the Colts a long way. And yeah. what they really need to do is establish the run on offense. I don't know why they can't again. It's they've had the same five starting offensive linemen since mid midway through 2018. And in that time they've had some, incredible rushing performances i know marlon mack is out yeah and make no mistake about it he is their best running back um but i i don't know they they've not pulled the plug on jonathan taylor that's not how what you can call it but he has taken a back seat like he was featured after marlon mack went down and he's still the starter yeah but he's not getting 20 carries 25 carries a game anymore it's been like 7 10 12 like he's not a big featured piece anymore and you'd like to see it because you know he's he's a second round pick we all saw what he did at wisconsin uh if he can grow into that you know maybe he's he gets the ball rolling a little more uh but i i think the defense is is deep playoff contender worthy but the offense is too unpredictable right now to really know i think if they can get that run game going that will answer some things for sure yeah. And I, I mean, I saw the, I was watching last Thursday's game and watching uh, Jonathan Taylor shrug off, like literally do like that spin, get the hell off of the move. And I was like, Ooh, okay. So that's why you drafted him. But listen, as someone who's very aware of drafting and running back in the second round of a draft uh, and not having to pay off so much. Yeah. I know what you mean. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do, let me put it this way. If there was a game for Jonathan Taylor to do really well, it might be this Sunday against the mm. Packers because their run defense is uh, not so hot. You may have heard. Um, <laughs> so, so looking into that and then looking into this Sunday, um, how do you see this game, you know, going, you don't have to give me like an exact prediction or anything like that, but how do you see the game kind of like flowing? Where do you see like the strength of the Colts is going to be where could potentially the Packers exploit just so I can send the text to Matt LaFleur, yeah. um, you know, kind of like, what are you seeing for this Sunday? Um, the biggest thing I'm paying attention to on Green Bay side right now is whether or not Devontae Adams is going to play. Um, very big member of the Devontae Adams fan club right here. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm just a 
sucker for guys who can run routes and and get open that way. I, I think he's probably the best route runner in the league. And oh, yeah. although the the Colts are containing guys r- receivers who aren't the elite speedsters, I think Devontae Adams would still have his way. You know, chemistry, the chemistry he and Aaron Rodgers has does not come along very often. So that's the biggest thing that worries me. Um, I think the Colts defense is capable of shutting down really any running back um, if necessary. So Aaron Jones is very, very good, but the the Colts defense has just proven to be capable of shutting down opponents run games. Um, Last week against Derrick Henry, it was weird because even though Tennessee was down big in the fourth quarter, they kept running it. It's like mm-hmm. they they didn't want to want to pass. Um, yeah. So yeah, the the Devonte Adams stuff is really what I'm mostly paying attention to. Um, you are not the first person I've talked to this season who is like, you know, if the Colts' run game is going to blow up, it'll be this week against our, <laughs> our team, and it just hasn't happened. So I I really want to believe that, but I've got to see it happen. Um, I'm okay with that. It doesn't have to be Taylor. It doesn't have to be Jordan Wilkins. It can be Naheem Hines going yep. going nuts again. Um, I mean, he had a career day last last week. Um, he's a good pass catching back. I was kind of looking at what running backs have done against Green Bay, and I'm I'm hoping for some sort of Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook sort of situation. Uh, you know, those. Have to. It's okay. <laughs> you, you don't have you know. <laughs> <laughs> now the the Colts don't get those too often, but. Uh, Obviously, it's possible against Green Bay. Um, I don't know. It's it, it again. It just kind of depends what Philip Rivers you get to. Uh, is is there going to be much of a pass rush against him? Uh, I don't know. If Devonte Adams plays, I think the Packers probably win it. Uh, if he does not, I lean much more towards the Colts. Yeah, I think, you know, there, there's other things that stand out to me. Um, you know, if Kevin King and Jair Alexander are back, you know, those mm-hmm. are two things, you know, Jair coming off concussion protocol. Kevin King has been sidelined for weeks now with an injury and we thought it wasn't significant, but here we are still, um, you know, Devonte not practicing. He didn't practice today either. And I'm like a little concerned about that. We're supposed to hopefully get Alan Lazard back. You know, that would be a big number two if all of them are playing because we haven't had them all together since week two. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if it's going to be one of those scenarios where it's actually going to be similar to the Vikings game. Maybe, Dalvin, you know, not the Dalvin Cook level numbers, but, you know, the Green Bay Packers in the in the first half only got the ball twice. You know, they scored both times, but then, like, you know, it was just running out the clock. We did really well, and then the Vikings were able to just move the ball downfield on them, and, like, we just did it over and over again. Then they just couldn't keep up in the third. So, like, that's what I'm, I'm slightly afraid of. Um in terms of receivers that you have, you know, like Pittman, I think he came alive a little bit uh, last Thursday against yeah. the, 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 the Titans um, kind of like speak to that. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think T Y Hilton has a touchdown yet this year. I don't believe so. Nope. Um, I, I was just confirming. So in like, where do you see like the biggest threats when it comes to your receivers? Like, is this going to be like, this is it T Y like, this is your day. Um, like, you know, kind of where are the threats coming from that from Phillip Rivers to target? Uh, so as far as T.Y. goes, his biggest contribution so far has really been um, drawing penalties from defenders and pulling attention away from his his teammates. Okay. He, it's crazy because he's I, I think he is tied or is one away from the Colts all time lead in 150 yard receiving games. 
like he every year he has one or two just absolutely bananas games. And I think his his highest receiving this year is like 70 or 75 yards. So we haven't even come close to that. Uh, I just don't really know that the magic is there between Rivers and Hilton mm-hmm. like it was with Luck and Hilton. Luck and Hilton were on a level like Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Like agreed. That it's it's where it's where T.Y. Hilton earned that that nickname the ghost. Like they they just had this connection where they would pop up out of nowhere and there you know, there you go, you know, 50 yard touchdown. Yep. Uh, but no R- Rivers most reliable guys lately uh, has been Pittman. Um Pittman was out for a, a little while uh, earlier in the season. He had a, a calf injury that required a procedure, but he came back uh, the last two weeks. He leads the Colts in targets, uh, receiving yards. Like you said, he had a big game last week, had his first hundred yard game of his career. Uh, he doesn't have a touchdown yet either, but that feels like it's coming. Um, T Y was never a big touchdown scorer to begin with, but yeah, he, he doesn't either. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm really looking at, at Michael Pittman as the focal point of the passing game moving forward, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Johnson is their biggest deep threat, but he's kind of been a non-factor the past couple weeks. Um, Zach Pascal is the guy that, you know, no, no other fan bases seem to really know about, but he'll catch four or five balls a game. He's kind of a good chain mover. Um, but no, it, Michael Pittman's role just keeps growing and growing and growing. And then you also got to look at the running backs cause they kind of contribute in the passing game quite a bit too. Um, I love when they get Jonathan Taylor involved in the passing game cause good things happen. Uh, but Naheem Hines, especially he's really dangerous. Um, he's, he's one of their leading receivers and, and he's a running back himself. So, uh, I would, I would especially circle, um, Pittman and Hines, and then you you might get a little bit of Mo Alley Cox involved as well. Um, gotcha. It's kind of been a toss up which tight end is going to be favored week to week between Alley Cox and Trey Burton. Uh, Trey Burton was the apple of Philip Rivers' eyes uh, eye for a few weeks, but we said that about Alley Cox early in the season, and now that both of them are healthy and playing together, there has been no favorite really. Yeah, um, but no, Philip's biggest thing is he spreads it around like. Every week, it's eight, nine, or ten different guys getting passes. You don't have one guy who's just getting far and away most of the attention, like a Devontae Adams or Keenan Allen. No, no one like that. Um, so yeah, that ball is going to get spread around for sure. Yeah. No, I, I like I said, I think it's going to be a good game. I, I think it's it's going to be a really. I'm glad that they flex this uh, to to you know as close to America's game of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that for both of our teams, like this is a great test. I think this is the best defense that we have played all season. Um, and I, and I think that, you know, the Packers offense like needs to kind of nice to hit the ground running. Um, because when we usually face any adversity, that's usually when it becomes a big problem and we're not able to like bounce back. So I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping that they're going to be able to score quickly. Cause I know last week against the Jaguars, that wasn't the performance that a lot of people were expecting. And yet, you know, it was it was down to the wire, unfortunately. So, but we got a W. That's all that matters. And yeah. I got one more question for you. Um, we were, we, were, we we kind of started a little bit with QB, and I want to end with QB. Where do you see, you know, 
what is like the future of the QB position for the Colts? Do you think, you know, they target somebody in the draft, like as early as, you know, this year again, are they going to potentially like wait and see what they got um, with rivers and the backups kind of from your standpoint, where do you think they're heading in that direction? Honestly, all options are open. Uh, it, it doesn't look like they're going to finish with that great, that high of a draft pick to like be able to rely on getting one of those, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, any of those guys. Sure. Uh, that kind of was the situation in this most recent draft as well. You know, they weren't going to quite be high enough to get Justin Herbert or something like that. So they, they traded, they traded to get DeForest Buckner. Um, yeah. But no, it's, so they view Phillip Rivers as a year to year thing. It's not just this year. They, they may very well bring him back for another year. If, if he finishes on a high note, they drafted Jacob Eason in the fourth round. He's a little bit of a project. Uh, they unfortunately didn't get to see him in the preseason to see him live against another defense. Uh, but I mean, they, they like what they've got and what they're building there with him. Uh, but make no mistake about it. If, if they have a quarterback that they like in this next draft that comes to them, they'll not hesitate to pull the trigger. Uh, but general manager, Chris Ballard at the same time has said, they're never going to force it. Like, if, yep. if they're sitting there at, I don't know, 20 and they don't have a quarterback valued right there, they're not just going to reach for that guy. You know, yep. uh, there was a lot of question about Jordan Love. Um, a lot of people thought that <laughs> that Jordan Love <laughs> w- was going to be a Colt before the draft was over. Uh, obviously, he is a Packer now. Uh, but no, they were never going to force that, you know, Um it seems it, it seems odd to not have a solid long-term plan in place at quarterback, sure. but what they do is they they prepare for each situation and have so many um, so many options available for each situation. So it's just it's hard to say. Um, it'd probably be as long as Rivers doesn't look just toast by the end of the year. I think it'd be a good good idea to log him in for another year mm-hmm. just to have that safety net. And uh, if Eason looks good in, in training camp in the preseason, you see what you got there. But by no means pass on a quarterback if if there's a good one in this draft because uh, sure. it does look like there's a pretty good group of quarterbacks coming in the 2021 draft. So I do expect them to get one in the first couple of days, but only if if their value matches where, where the quarterback is actually at in the draft. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the worst time to draft for a quarterback is when you need one. And the Packers yeah. were just like, we're going to take that and dial it up to 11. Because why not? <laughs> like, <laughs> We're looking years down the line. Caught here. fire with Rodgers and Favre once. Why, why not yeah, exactly. It was fine. No no one was upset about that. And not I'm really glad that the internet took it as well as it did. <laughs> <laughs> Said no one ever, <laughs> but uh, Jake, it's been an absolute blast talking to you. I really appreciate you coming on, providing your insight about the Colts. I, I do wish you luck for the rest of the season, just not this Sunday. And uh, can you tell the people where they can find all the things that you do? Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jake Arthur NFL. Uh, same goes for Facebook. And then uh, trying to get this this new podcast kind of off the ground a little bit. Believe in Colts on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, you can get that on Twitter and Facebook as well at B L E A V I N Colts. Uh, a lot of people think it's believe like I believe in you, but that is not the case. Um, but no, that's uh, 
you can you can find me hosting that show. Uh, I'm also on Sports Illustrated's Colts website, allcolts.com. Um, I got my my weekly fantasy preview for this game coming out sometime tonight, um, Thursday night, as of as of us speaking now. So, yeah, that's that's where you can find me, writing and speaking. <laughs> and really tweeting close. sometimes at the same time you're just sometimes yeah writing things down that's that's awesome man no i appreciate you coming on uh and yeah man this was uh this was great you could always send me a tom grassy comedy you know where to find me why am i talking you tom grassy comedy you know the youtube fine you'll find me somewhere that's fine i'll find you but thank you so much for watching i'm tom grassy and as always go pack go Thanks again so much to Tom for having me. Uh, that was a lot of fun, as you can probably tell. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Tom Grassi Comedy and check out he and former Packers running back Ryan Grant's podcast on YouTube. That is it for today, my dudes. Thanks for being with me as always. Please remember to subscribe to the show and rate us on iTunes. We can be found on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Luminary, and more. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Believe in Colts, and me personally at Jake Arthur NFL on Twitter and Facebook, as well as Jake Arthur underscore on Instagram. My written work can be found on Sports Illustrated at allcolts.com. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer on the show, please send them to me through email at believeincolts at gmail.com or respond when I send out the call for questions on Twitter. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. If you're interested in advertising on Believe Podcasts, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Or if you're just interested in advertising on this show specifically, just shoot me an email. Colts fans, you will hear from us again after this big old game against the Packers. Hopefully, it uh, it ends in y'all having a pretty good weekend. We'll talk to you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 